Welcome to EAC Speaks, the podcast where we dive deep into the movement to end the HIV epidemic right here in the heart of the South, Arkansas. I'm your host, Eddie Wiley, and together we're going to explore the stories, insights, and passion that fuels engaging Arkansas community's mission. Join us on this journey as we unite voices and take meaningful steps toward a world free of HIV stigma. Now, get ready for a conversation that matters. This is EAC Speaks. Hello, hello, hello out there in podcast land. It's your host of EAC Speaks, Eddie, and we're back with a new season. Happy New Year and all of those great things. I'm super excited to be bringing you my guest today for this episode of EAC Speaks. She is a multi-book author, an advocate, and an all-around awesome person. Everybody give it up for Latoya Murchison. Hey, Latoya. Hello, Eddie. How are you? I'm feeling fabulous. How's your day going? It is awesome. I have no complaints at all. That is so great. So, Latoya, can you tell the people a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and all of those good things? My name is Latoya Murchison, and I'm from North Carolina. I have written 11 books. I am an HIV advocate, and I'm currently working on a presentation to teach people how to write books and tell their stories. Oh, I love that. 11 books. Wow, that's amazing. And you recently celebrated a milestone on Amazon. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Huge achievement. Yes, I went on the bestsellers list, and I'm actually still there. I was I made it up to number ten. Yes, out of hundred on the bestsellers list for Amazon, and right yes. now I'm at eighty six still, and it's been three weeks. That's amazing! Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank so you. So tell us what inspired you to become a writer, and how did you get started on your writing journey? Well, I've always liked to write. I used to write poetry when I was in high school. That was the first time doing writing. And after that, you know, writing became therapeutic for me. When I would go through mm-hmm. things, I can write about it and don't worry about someone talking talking back to me or going and telling my secrets. I could just write it as much as I want to and the writing wouldn't write back or talk back to me. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I still feel like it's there. It's still, mm, I'm sorry, therapeutic for me. And um, I, I inspire and encourage everybody to write this story. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. I love that. I think it's important. It really is important. You never know who you're going to touch or who you're mm-hmm. going to inspire and how your story can deliver somebody else. Absolutely. I was told before I came out with my status was to tell your story before anyone else can. And that's on a public public front. But even if you have your journal, your diary, a Mm -hmm. notebook that you write in, that's absolutely sharing. And like you said, the words can't come back and tell your story. (laughs) No. Only person that can tell your story is you. Absolutely. That's so true. So let's start with your latest book. Um, can you give the listeners a brief overview about the book, any themes, any characters? It's called Healing from the Inside Out. And it's my personal story of how I dealt with different issues with life, like depression, 
emotional issues, how I dealt with um, HIV when I first found out and how I'm dealing with it now, how things have changed. And it was interesting to see the difference between when I first found out to how I deal with it now. Mm. And so you have 11 books. So are yes. most of your books about your story? I saw some about a poem, a, poet, a book of poetry, right? Yeah, I have a book of poetry. I have a creative medical bag book that you can use to put your medical information in. It's real small and it's slip in a bag and you can just take it with you. And then I have several short stories and I have some devotionals that I've written. Oh, that's amazing. So what were some of the most rewarding aspects of bringing your story to life? Freedom. 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 That was the big one. Freedom. Because I felt like I wasn't holding that stuff in anymore. I didn't have that pressure of, okay, I have the weight on the world on my shoulders. Okay. I don't have that anymore. I can walk freely. I don't have to worry about somebody whispering, oh, well, you know, Toya has such and such. Well, Toya's already put it out there. So you can't say anything about that. Yeah. It's already and how has it felt to like live out loud with your story? How has that felt? Free. Um, mm -hmm. I can remember the first time I told my story, I was actually at my church mm -hmm. and I was putting on a World AIDS Day um, event. And my mother sent me a text message saying, um, tell your story, free yourself. And that's what I did. And when I did that, everybody just looked. And they were like, we knew you were going through something, but we didn't know that's what it was. But they never changed how they treated me. They still treat me the same way as they were treating me before. I love that. So building a support system is really, really crucial. Can you yes. talk about yes. that? Your friends, your family support groups, and how they helped to navigate your life after the diagnosis? Well, first it was my family, my immediate family, because I only told, like, when, when my mom was in the room with me when I found out. So I remember the doctor telling me, Miss Murchison, you have HIV. And I just looked at her and I couldn't say anything. And she walked out. And I remember my mom wrapping her arms around me and holding me and saying, we're going to be okay. I have you. You're going to be okay. And the same thing with my dad and my brother and my sister-in-law and everybody else that I've told have told me the same thing. Even my pastor, we have you, you're going to be okay, but you have to tell your story so you can help others. And that encouraged me. And that helps me to continue to talk about HIV and the other different illnesses that I go through. Yes, that is powerful. Now, we met on um, Pillow Talk, which is yes. um, a group started by another guest of mine that's been on the show, Deidre Speaks. Now, a lot of times people may not have that particular um, community of folks living mm -hmm. with HIV. Um, how have you found connections within the community and how has that impacted your journey? It has impacted my journey by giving me a source of friends, people that understand what I'm going through. I don't have to put on a farsade or a different face. I can just be me and know that they'll understand what I'm going through and they're not going to judge me because we're all dealing with the same thing. 
So it's like I've gained another family. I've gained another family. It's really important to have that. And I think folks, um, like you said, living with HIV, congregating together to build a family, it is yeah. really important because I don't know where I would be if I didn't have my HIV community family. Like, I, mm-hmm. I honestly don't know. Me either. I don't yeah. think I would have so, made it this, this long without having right. that community. Absolutely not. Shout out to our family and HIV advocacy. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about um, more about your readers and your listen, your readers and your uh, future participants. So, what emotions or reactions do you like to get from people reading your books, or you hope to get from folks attending your sessions? Honesty. Be honest about. If you don't like something that I wrote. Let me know. So that means I need to go back and reevaluate what I've done because I'm not reaching you. And I love hearing the feedback. Oh, I love what you wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, can you help me write my story? How can I get involved with your my initiative that I have with this Toy is Quiet Storm, which is where I go out and I share my story and I talk to different. I've been to different churches I've done some presentations about HIV and my story and how I'm surviving and thriving and not allowing it to take a hold of my life, which I was doing in the beginning, but now I live out freely. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So um, I know you're going to be doing your sessions through um, Toys Quiet Storm, but for any inspiring or aspiring authors listening to the podcast, Do you have any advice or words of wisdom to share based on your own experience? Um, When you start, just write. Don't try to correct it. Don't try to make it perfect because it's your first draft. When you do your first draft, just make it, just write from your heart. And then after that, get you a good editor, which has a second pair of eyes because you can self edit. There's a lot of tools out there that you can use, but it's always good to have a second pair of eyes to look at your work to make sure you didn't miss something because usually we write from our heart and you tend to miss the little small things. So that editor or that proofreader could help you. And also make sure you're involved in the whole process of writing don't just allow someone else to take over your project. Make sure you're involved in each step of it. I love that. Love that. So you talked about Toya's Quiet Storm. Um, tell us a little bit more about that um, and any maybe future projects that may be coming up in the next you know, months. Well, Toya's Quiet Storm started when I first found out I was HIV positive. Because it was a quiet storm in my life. I didn't know that I had HIV. And if it wasn't for me going into kidney failure twice, I would have never, I don't know how long it would have been before I'd known I was HIV positive. So that's how I started that initiative. initiative. And then it started out as when I was writing in my journal, my journal, I would say, Dear Quiet Storm. So she was like my therapist that I could write to and 
I actually turned that journal into a book, like you said, and it's called Forever Changed. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's amazing. So the quiet storm has turned out to be something that was at first something very under wraps, like very personal, but you've turned you've turned your story into something that is helping countless amounts of people. So amazing work on that. Thank you. Now we talked a little bit about support earlier. You had your family, you had your HIV community. Was there anything that you wish that you had had in the beginning? More education. Because when I found out, it's like they didn't give me a lot of um, education about it. Just said that you had HIV and she walked out of the room. So I ended up having to do a lot of researching on my own. And, to, mm-hmm. and that's how I found my community of Pillow Talk mm-hmm. and some of the other advocates that I've met through um, Instagram and Facebook. So I wish I'd have mm-hmm. had more education. More education. That is really important. Um, And we talked earlier during our pre-production call about your geographical location, because I think in the area that you're in, it's -hmm. very similar to a lot of Arkansas, where it's um, some places are rural, some places have such a a far distance between medical providers, social support services. So how have you navigated living in an area that you may have to travel from? Yes, it's been real. It's a little hard because the only thing we have here is the hospital and we don't have any organizations for support or anything like that. So I would have to travel an hour and a half to two hours if I wanted to have in-person support, which is another reason why Pillow Talk and a lot of other um, support groups that I found have been very helpful for me, even though they're virtual. I still have that opportunity to get support from other people that I can't get in my own neighborhood. Yeah, I think it's critical to have that uh, support as well. So I was going to say maybe we could do EAC North Carolina, but engaging Arkansas communities won't be translatable to North Carolina. (laughs) But I, I do think some of the work that EAC is doing can be translated well to agencies in that area. So I would love to like even speak to other folks to say like how can we get organizations like EAC started in North Carolina because we do need things like transportation and support groups and testing like even making testing available so absolutely absolutely yes because the only only testing we have here is our health department and um, like I said the hospital. And a lot of those places can be stigmatizing. So how do you help tackle stigma in the community? By continuing to educate and to share my story so that no one has to go through what I went through of not knowing. I encourage everyone to get tested. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So for someone who may have been recently diagnosed or supporting someone, living with HIV, what advice do you have for them? Don't treat them any different. It's just another chronic condition that they're having to deal with. Be their support. Let them talk to you as much as they need to. 
Don't try to force them to talk. Let them come to you on their own. And when they do come, just listen openly and with an open heart. And what do you tell that person? What would you um, advise them to do as a person newly diagnosed? To make sure they find them, um, their own community of support. Um, don't do like, don't be like I was when I first found out. I was always trying to clean stuff because I didn't know. Educate yourself about HIV and how it's transmitted and how you can help yourself. Get in treatment. Get you a good um, care team that can help navigate um, you and your journey with HIV. That's really important. That's some really, really, really great advice. So tell me, what information would you like to amplify when discussing HIV? Maybe something that you don't hear enough of or something that you're sincerely passionate about? You equals you. And that it's important to take your medication every day. That's how you get to un, um, undetectable status. So we know that writing is one of your passions outside of HIV. What else are you passionate about? I love to read. I'm an avid reader. I read every day. Really? Do you have any yeah. favorite authors that inspire you? Um, author Tamara Brown, which okay. is also my graphic designer and my book cover. She does all my book covers. Um, let's see who else. Um, Maya Angelou was always a big love of mine. I loved all her books, and I started reading those when I was in high school. Yes, Team Arkansas Maya. Yeah, I know why the Crazy Bird Sing was one of my first books that I read of hers. So I love it. Those are two of my my favorites. I love that. Those are some giants, especially one that you personally know for sure. Yes. So talk to me about like we're in the new year. It's definitely come very fast. But are yes. there any resolutions, any goals or any um, new things that you are tackling for the new year? Um, stepping out of my comfort zone. I'm usually someone that works in the background when I'm learning more that I can stand out front and be mm -hmm. open and I can talk to people. I can teach people. I'm learning how to do. That's why I'm doing my first writing workshop. I want to do it when um, Positive Living comes in okay. Florida in September. Mm -hmm. I did my first workshop last year on um, barriers for women, cisgender women. And it was amazing to see the response from the audience. And that encouraged me to keep trying to learn new things, and teach everybody what I know. I love that. And Positive Living is a conference that people yes. living with HIV can attend, right? Yes. Um, how has yes. that experience been for you? It was The first time I went was two years ago. And I was amazed to see the amount of people that were there. And it's not all just um, positive people. There are some people that are not positive. Okay. But it was amazing to meet, and I connected with a lot of new people there too. So I built another community of people. Mm. 
And that's so important to have that community. Mm -hmm. And they offer scholarships, right? So people can actually go. That one doesn't have a scholarship, but if you, you can do an abstract. Okay. And that would help out with the cost of it. Okay. And maybe if you have an organization that you know Mm -hmm. or working with, maybe they can send you. They can help you. Yes. I love that. So what is a philosophy that you like to live by? Philosophy or a mantra or affirmation or something like that? Live out loud and live on purpose. What does that mean to you? It means no longer being quiet. Living freely, breathing freely, living with hope, determination, openness. Ooh, you was preaching today, Latoya, okay? <laughs> so we always ask this question because we know that um, taking care of yourself is truly, truly important before you can really take care of anyone else. Mm-hmm. They always say on the plane, put your mask on before you put anybody else's on, right? So yeah. what does self-care yeah. look like for you? Um, taking my meds every day. Um, I've just started working out. Okay. Eating right, getting enough sleep. Those are the main things for me. Yes, absolutely. So before we go, I want you to tell people how they can find you everywhere. The Quiet Storm, find your books. Maybe they can book you, you know. (laughs) Yes, I have a website. It is LatoyaMurchison.com, and that's L-A-T-O-Y-A-M-U-R-C-H-I-S-O-N.com. And I'm also on Instagram with Toya's Quiet Storm. And for my books, I'm on Instagram with author Latoya M. My books are also on my website, and they can be purchased on Amazon. Awesome. And do you have a preference? You know, you know, profit comes in. Do you prefer to get it from the website? Yes, I prefer the, I prefer the website. <laughs> we absolutely um, will plug LatoyaMurchison.com. And if you did not get the spelling, just rewind a little bit. It don't take much effort to rewind. So, yes, purchase the books, all of them, um, if you can. <laughs> yes, please do. And let me know what you think of them. I can't wait to get my hands on a few of those books in the next few weeks. I absolutely will be um, planning some time to have like maybe a book club or something. That would be fun. Okay. Well, if you send me your address, we can make that happen. Oh, yes. I would love that. Yes. So I definitely will get that to you. Now, Latoya, tell us, do you have any parting words or any words of advice for folks before we jet out of this episode? Continue to live on purpose and know that you were built for the storms and the life that you are living. Yes. Look, I almost had a shout right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Latoya, I 100, 100% thank you many, many, many times for joining us on this episode. We were so thrilled to have you. And I can speak for myself and probably for many others. I got so many good nuggets out of this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Absolutely. So if you're out there and you're listening and maybe you want to be a guest on EAC Speaks, definitely hit us up. You can go to our website. You can email us, send a smoke signal, hit us up on Instagram, anywhere you can find us. Definitely let us know. We would love to have you and stay tuned for an awesome, awesome season of great guests, great episodes and some special treats. Until then, we'll say ciao. Say ciao, Latoya. Ciao. The EAC Speaks podcast is partially supported by the Arkansas Department of Health through a grant funded in part by the CDC. All discussion is solely the responsibility of each participant and doesn't necessarily represent the official views of engaging Arkansas communities, the Arkansas Department of Health, CDC, or the U.S. government.